This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What's School You Went? We start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're going to be talking about one of the most iconic sports figures and heroes ever. We're talking about, of course, the legendary Duke Kahanamoku. I want to welcome my dear friend Bill Pratt to the program. Uh, Bill is the director and past president of the Outrigger Duke Kahanamoku Foundation, chairman and co-founder of the Hawaii Waterman Hall of Fame, and an associate producer of this beautiful film that we've all been enjoying for so many months now, Waterman. Uh, Hello, my brother. Welcome to the program. Aloha. Good morning, Ron. Great to see you again. Good to have you here. Like I ask everybody, though, before we get started, what school you in? <laughs> I'm uh, I, I I'm a Kauai boy. I was from Kau- the island of Kauai, and uh, I'm um, blessed to say I'm a Kamakani, Hawaii Preparatory Academy on the uh-huh. Big Island there. So we um, had an opportunity. A lot of family all went to school in Kauai. Lots went to Punahou, but no longer a boarding school. And uh, we were given the opportunity to go there for our high school years, and it was an awesome experience at HPA. Beautiful, beautiful campus. Yeah, right up there. In uh, you say Kamuela, or do you say? Or do you say we usually name? we do uh, yeah. Kamuela. I think they they get interchanged, and I've yeah. always tried to um, figure that out. I mean, obviously Kamuela and Sam, Sam's you know yes. Parker and what have you, um, but we usually use Kamuela out there. Yeah, I always wonder what that because you know like. I mean, you've done the hoi, Molokai, yeah. Molokai. Yeah. Uh, the folks on Molokai say Molokai. Molokai. They right. don't say Molokai. Yeah, I think yeah. the Okino's on hoi, right? Yeah, on the right. paddle part, not on the right. Molokai. It's all about yeah. the it's all about the music for Molokai. That's right. The Molokai <laughs> slide. We digress. Here we go. Uh, talking a little bit about Duke, and and you know, at the age of twenty two, he was already an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, the timing of this conversation is appropriate with this recent historic. Uh, swell and mm-hmm. southern energy that came our way recently because Duke had that legendary ride that turned him into a legend. Tell us about that day. I think it was, I, I read, was it in 1917, I believe. I've lost my notes. 1917. It really transformed him already, a hero, yeah. into this mythical legend. Yeah, I've heard uh, the iteration told by some of those who really spent time with Duke, and it's a fascinating story. Uh, Uncle Freddie Hemmings tells a story who was one of the selected surfers to be part of Duke's surf team who were asked by Duke to share the spirit of Allah with the world. And they share this story about, uh, and I think that there's so much more depth to um, really peeling back the layers of that wave that they rode. Very large size and take into account that during this era, they weren't riding the shorter performance boards that we are. They're not riding boards with leashes and things like that, <clears throat> safety vests. Or skegs, for that matter. And no skegs and boards that are typically at least an inch thick and weigh at least 100 pounds. And Duke, uh, as the story goes, often would sit outside Kalihuavehe, the spot is known, common time now it's all of this is just outside the Kapua Channel which are <clears throat> just in front of um, Outrigger Canoe Club as well as Kaimana Beach and outside there there were other names that some called it Steamer Lane and what have you and 
it would bluebirds, it would break so far outside. Uncle Freddie would share the story with us that what was really interesting about Duke was really the aloha he had, not just for the ocean, but also for those who he was surfing with. He would sit and always tell other individuals, other boys and men who were surfing, go boy, go boy. And it just seemed because of that, that caring nature, that sharing that he had, that the biggest and the most memorable wave would come to Duke. And um, apparently he rode this wave that carried him through, you know, the outside of Publix and Kunas and all the way into the shores of Waikiki. And it was sort of known as a Miracle Mile ride and very impressive. Again, putting it into context, right? The type of boards they rode and the fact that they didn't have the safety or the performance devices that we do today. So really incredible. No lifeguards, not to mention the fact that he's riding this board that... I tell you what, I've tried standing up on it, and I couldn't. Just try carrying it. Just try yeah. carrying it, right? And by the end of the session, <laughs> it was even more itself. heavier. Yeah. Uh, but that, that, you know, with this last storm that we've had, uh, swell, southern swell, southern storm, you know, we knew, you heard from the grapevine from Tahiti that this was going to be the real one. Yeah. And boy, Mother Nature delivered uh, historic waves, some damaging done, but yeah. it made people think about Duke once again, for sure. Yeah, definitely. There was conversation, and for me, one of the, the real treats for me, again, is being involved in producing this movie because uh, there was not an opportunity while sitting in the lineup that the movie didn't come up with friends, some who had or hadn't seen it. Um, conversations with elite watermen, um, John John Florence's one of his managers, uh, was in the water and a very good friend from the North Shore and he said, I'm remiss but I haven't seen it yet. Kalamai, how can we get together? And mm-hmm. so I'm working on doing something with um, good friends and uh, great watermen and women out in the North Shore um, probably in the next few weeks. So we're still sharing a wonderful story that really I think captures our lives but also gives us some uh, directive or reminder about how we all should live our lives with the Aloha Spirit. Today, <clears throat> scenario, today is August 24th. Mm-hmm. We will be cel- the world is celebrating Duke Kanamoku's 132nd birthday. Thanks for being here on this day, uh, Billy. But um, his legacy, his his story that you folks captured in Waterman, um, I'm sure you were just tickled to be a part of this this whole project. You know, finding the right person to f- to fill Duke's yeah. shoes, his big slippers. Um, and that was all you as well, because you said, I got the perfect guy. What, what, a, what a phenomenal project to be a part of. Super exciting. I, I, as I share when I speak publicly about the film, I am probably the most grateful person who was involved in this film. Uh, an opportunity came to me about, gosh, now I would say it's about three years ago, as we say, PC, it was pre-COVID. And um, the director and producers of the film came to a one-man canoe race that I was in that ended in the Kapua Channel. And as typical, we finish and we talk story with each other in the water. A lot of my friends, Keiki, always come, Uncle Billy, give me a ride, take me out, catch some waves. And so I did (coughs) obligate and share, have a good time. (coughs) And after about five or six people said, look, there's some individuals that really want to meet with you. I thought, all right, I better go in. It was a weekend. These individuals were in college shirts and what have you and thought, all right, I'll make my way in. And I introduced myself and I had a feeling in my now that they were reaching out to me. I, I have served for a very long time on the Duke Kanmoku Foundation, which um, it just gives me 
tremendous pride to be able to give back to the Keiki of Hawaii who continue to perpetuate Duke's great legacy. And I had a thought because there's been a time or two where I've been asked about making a movie on Duke or a, a TV series and some wanted to do um, a sitcom on the fact that he was honorary sheriff. And I, I suppose um, if you know our state will indulge me, I take a sense of pride to try to protect Hawaii and that I, I don't want it to be some janky type of production here. And I certainly care about the family, the Kanamoku Ohana. And when I met with these individuals, it just, there was something different to the content. They approached very respectful and said, we were led to you. We understand you're a waterman, which was obvious with the canoe race, but also my position at the Duke Kanamoku Foundation. And indeed, they were there to discuss uh, making a movie about Duke. And my first question, um, a little bit uh, defending of Hawaii, was why should we entrust you guys? You guys are, your English is too good. You're obviously not from Hawaii. So... Uh, they said, well, let us give you the background. The director's name is Isaac Halasima, and he's a uh, Polynesian, he's a Tongan, he's from Utah, and uh, there's an important reason why I bring that up. He basically said, look, this is a film that I need to make. I need to make it for family reasons, and he reminded me of who his uncle is, Jan Fisher, and when he said the name, it resonated with me. And I thought back to the, the era prior to my involvement with the board, but knowing the history of um, our ODKF board, who was involved with Jim Fulton and um, Uncle Fred Hemmings, and they had retained Jan Fisher to be the sculptor of the Statue of Duke. Mm-hmm. So I looked at him and I said, Ekalamaya, that's your uncle. And he said, well, my mom's Swedish. He said, I'm, I'm a, a half-breed, as he called it. He's Tongan Swedish. And I said, so what happened? He said, well, my uncle was on his deathbed. And he said to me, boy, I want you to do a story. And it's a story on a lost Hawaiian. And he said, check that. He's really a lost American, and his name's Duke Kanemoku. Good to your research. And sadly, his uncle passed away. And I think he felt it as his kuleana, his responsibility, that he needed to do this film. Nice. So they came to me, and it was very interesting because I asked them a few um, introductory questions and realized that they, they didn't quite have the background. They just had the rudimentary stuff that you would read. And so I put some time processing it. We had a few follow-up meetings, and from there... I kind of came up with what I thought would be important for me to help guide them, and that would be to talk to the family first to make sure that the family um, would approve of this film. And then I wanted to talk to those who were involved, those who knew Duke, so that being Uncle Fred Hemmings, Joey Cabell, Paul Strau, the individuals who were on that surf team. And I also wanted to make sure we had the blessings from um, Uncle Buff and Brian Keolana from the West Side. And each of them had asked, do you feel in your na'au these are the right people? And I said, for some reason I do. I think they respect what Duke means to Hawaii and that he is not only the greatest icon uh, our state has, but this is an individual who has four statues in three countries. And as you just mentioned, today on his birthday, he's turning 132, and we're still talking about him mm-hmm. by a one-name moniker. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. And I felt it as my kuleana to guide them and shepherd them along. Um, I'm a negotiator for a living. I do business. I do legal contracts. And I sometimes chuckle at myself because I said, I'll just show you guys the way. I don't want anything for this. 
And I've held to that. What's been really exciting is these people have become partners in business, but lifelong friends, and they have given tremendously in my name to the Duke Kanamoku, Outrigger Duke Kanamoku Foundation, as well as Nakamakai, where I'm the vice chair for Duane DeSoto, who was uh, our reincarnate of Duke. And I, I can't be um, more enriched and more rewarded for the involvement I had in telling a story of the greatest icon the state of Hawaii wow. has. Powerful. Wow. Billy, I tell you what, um, they picked the right guy, obviously, <laughs> to, to, to reach out to not just because of the network that you have, but the obviously the knowledge. But at the end of the day, I think the most important message I just heard from you was respect. And, um, you know, we even saw it during the Olympic Games, sadly. Uh, but a lot of folks were trying to reel it in. And, and Carissa really grabbed the reins on that <laughs> one as well. Uh, Duke's name was used a lot <laughs> during the Olympic Games because he wanted surfing to be a part of the Olympic Games for so many years. Here it came to fruition finally, and a Hawaiian wins the gold. Uh, but 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 respect, your respect for Duke, what he meant to Hawaii, comes out loud and clear. And I think that's what the film captures. And then when you have people like Carissa, John John Flor, I mean, so many people who are wearing Zeke, you know, Zeke Lau, who wear the Hawaiian on their back, the Hawaiian flag on their black back when they when they surf. That's all about Duke. At the end of the day, I think it's about respect. I think it is, and I think <clears throat> something that I like to share about the film is that at its surface. Um, those people who haven't seen it always will ask me the same question. Oh, I hear this is about uh, one of the greatest swimmers of his time. And it, again, putting things in context and perspective, indeed, he was um, one of the repeat Olympic athletes before Carl Lewis, before Michael Phelps, uh, Matt Biondi, these type of people. Uh, you know, he was going to four Olympics in a row and still representing. When he hit 40 years old, he was faster than he was in his 20s. It's very impressive to hear his story. So at its surface, we're looking at an individual who, for his time, was the equivalent of being Michael Phelps and Kelly Slater at one time. So imagine that. If you put that in today's perspective, Tiger Woods is not Michael Jordan and vice versa. They aren't. He was the best in the world at these two sports. That is an important message in the surface of the film but the undercurrent really of the film I think is the root of who he was as a human being mm -hmm. he's a Hawaiian he was not educated he's a high school dropout he's a beach boy but he lived a life raised by his family that was firmly rooted in compassion and humility and I think those are the cornerstones of what made him an unbelievable human being and really the un undercurrent here is this message of how to live, and that's with aloha. And I think it's the message of aloha that he shared that resonates so clearly that it's a reminder to all of us that we all know that the world is full of strife and conflict today, and I think the timing is so appropriate to see an athletic hero, but then really to see how he manifested himself through trials and tribulations. Keep in mind his era, 1890 to 1968, was a period that saw the overthrow of the Hawaiian monarchy, of course, statehood, World War One, World War Two, inequality of rights between men and women, oppression, racism, racism, racism. Check the boxes. And yeah. this individual, the way he navigated, reminds us all. Uh, it reminds me of a, a quote that you know, there's only one race, the human race, yeah. and I think he lived that 
to the utmost, and because of that, he created his own creed, the Aloha Creed, and it's something that we still try to share here at uh, the Outrigger Duke Kahnemoku Foundation, and something that you'll hear resonate once again his birthday here on August 24th, and during this um, collection of sporting events that we have, uh, Ocean Fest, mm-hmm. in honor of Duke. Yeah. It's, it's uh, okay, I, I, I'm not being overly dramatic here, but it's one of the best films I've ever watched. Um, my growing up, I mean, I, by no means I'm not even comparing, but I was Duke. In my house, I'm Duke. Uh, you call my house, you ask for Ron, they'll laugh. You're the waterman. Because my, I was the waterman, and I was that was my nickname given to my tutu from Kauai when I was a child, because I was a, I was papa, <laughs> and I loved the water. And so I grew up as being Duke. Um, and I took that so much responsibility, yeah. even though it was my nickname. It's not on my birth certificate, right. but people still call me Duke. In fact, old-timers, they call me Dukey. I know that's old school. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that 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 is uh, a, a, an honor just to be called that as my nickname. Endearment. By any means, I, I again, I understand I'm not anywhere near what yeah. Duke represented. But I think that sense of aloha spirit, pride, respect for the human race really came clear in that movie. And I just wanted to again say thank you for bringing that to the community, to the world, the accuracy um, and the respect part of of who this person really was to the world. I mean, gosh, you would love to have him at a table with, uh, you know, world leaders today and just let them listen. I tell you what, we'd have we'd have a much peaceful world with a little, little bit more Duke Kahnemokus in this world. There are a lot of uh, respected watermen that, that I look up to and I glean so much from, you know, from Uncle Fred Hemmings, from Brian Kaolana and, you know, the people who teach us that, the ocean is not what divides us, but it's what connects us. And a saying that Duke used to have that gets reminded to me, and we share this with the next generations, is when you have conflict or you have a difficult decision to make is what would Duke do? Hmm. And it's something that my partners, Sidewinder Films, who really made this film, and I, I have to give a tremendous amount of credit to Isaac Holosema, the director, Chet Thomas, producer, and of course to David Ulick, um, uh, and Stephen Ungerleiter, who are really the principals of Sidewinder Films and Global Sports Foundation, for selecting this story and making this story. Um, what's fascinating about them is myself being a, a commercial real estate and a businessman, I'm looking for a rate of return and how do you balance what you put in and what's going to be the return that comes out of it. These people consider heavily as part of their return what social change can they cause because of the film that they made. And I think that that's powerful. What it's done for me in, in educational platforms that I've shared this with various schools from Punahos, Kamehamehas, <coughs> HPAs, and um, Iolani, is we've had a discussion about the definition of impact and influence, those words, because here's a person who was not some um, multi-degree you know, PhD or a billionaire who started a company, and yet he's probably still caused more influence or impact on individuals in the way we all should live mm. in 132 years that he has four statues and we're still talking about him. So I think for my partner, Sidewinder, to make such a film, um, they did, just prior to this, they made a film that was an Emmy Award winner, I believe on HBO, 
Um, it's called At the Heart of Gold, and it was the story of uh, the horrible atrocities caused upon our female gymnasts, the United States Olympic gymnastics teams, by Dr. Larry Nasser, who's been locked up for a couple of hundred years, I believe now. And the only reason I bring that up is, again, they're trying to cause social change to let um, young athletes and females know that it's okay to share with family and to share with your coaches if something is wrong, if you're not being treated right. I think that's the message we want to see come out of Duke. Not just tell the story of a mm-hmm. hero that was maybe lost in the shadows, like uh, you know Jesse Owens and some of these other colored athletes who, um, Jackie Robinson, who were pushed aside because of the era, and Duke fell into that, not just because of his dark color, but perhaps because he was from this place called Hawaii that was way out uh, in the Pacific Blue and no one knew where it was, but also, you know, smaller sports of surfing and swimming and that type of thing. But again, the undercurrent and the real important message is this spirit of aloha that makes Hawaii and the Hawaiians, you know, I think um, unique and distinctive. But it's also a message that you don't need to be Hawaiian to have aloha. You just, we should all care and have compassion and humility for one another. And that's really what the important thing is about making our world a better place. I can't say it. I can't. I, I'm going to end it with that, brother. Um, Billy, thank you for joining us. Happy birthday, Duke. How Lana, Duke. And, and I want to leave the, those two words as we say goodbye for, for now. Impact and influence. That's good stuff. Thank you, Duke. Uh, Mahalo Nui for joining us, folks. Woohoo, chicken skin stuff. Join us next week for another episode of What's Go You Went. Until next time, ahuyo. Ahuyo. What's Go You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.